Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. Keep praying for those loved ones. And you know, in some cases, you need to quit doing everything but praying. You need to quit trying to talk them out of their sin. You need to quit pointing out their sin. They already know that. The Spirit of God is able to do that. There are times when you just have to back away from a situation and pray and let God do the work. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Ephesians. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 14 through 18, in a message titled, Ready for the Battle. Now, here's Pastor Brian. Part of the way we wage warfare is we keep a lookout for things to pray about. We keep a watchful eye on circumstances and situations so that when something happens, we can go to prayer for that. In the ancient world, of course, they had with the the walled cities, they would have a watchman who would be there upon the wall, and the watchman was always looking out for danger, looking out for trouble. And whenever the watchman would spot uh, any kind of a concerning situation, he would then notify everybody else that trouble was up. And so that's the picture. Being watchful, we're, we're looking around and we're seeing where are their places or lives or, or communities or families or, or personal issues or where, where are things where you, you see that there's the enemy started a fire or there's a real conflict going here. Then we come together as God's people and we pray for those things. Paul is saying, be on guard. Be on the alert. Now, not only are we to be watchful, but then he says that we are to persevere. And perseverance in prayer is probably the most challenging part of it. Because like I've already said, prayer is hard. Paul refers to it in another place. Uh, He refers to Epaphroditus who labored for you in prayer. And that's a good way to describe prayer. It's laboring. And like I said, it's easy to, you know, hear a sermon and get excited about prayer or to read a book and get excited about prayer. It's a whole other thing to persevere in prayer because it's labor. It's tough. I, I can get in my mind excited about a prayer meeting. Yeah, we're going to have a prayer meeting. We're going to pray for this. We're going to see the, the enemy overthrown here, and we're going to see God do his work. And so let's get together for prayer. And we're all excited. And then you get in the, the prayer circle, and all of a sudden, it's like, you know, something happens where this, this dark cloud just drops on top of you. This, this weight, this oppression just comes up on you, just kind of like pushing you down and and sort of silencing you and, and kind of numbing your brain to where you can't even think and your eyelids, you can't even keep them open. Suddenly you want to just fall asleep and you're thinking, all right, well, I hope this prayer meeting gets over real quick because, man, I, I got to get out of here. You were so excited before you got to it. 
I'm describing my own experience quite often. And, and then you find yourself, I, I can't even speak. I can't even articulate. I can't even think of anything to say about this. That's part of the enemy pushback on us. That's the enemy's resistance. That's him saying, no, no, I'm not going to let these prayers go out. I'm not going to let this happen. I'm not going to let these people drive me back from the ground I've taken. That's exactly what we're uh, intending to do. But in order to do it, we have got to persevere. Jesus said it. He told a parable to this end that men should always pray and not lose heart. And then he told the story about the the woman who went to the unjust judge and she said, you know, I want you to vindicate my cause. And the unjust judge, he had no interest. He didn't care about her. You just, no, I, you know, leave me alone. Don't bother me. But she was persistent. She kept coming. And finally, he relented of his unwillingness and he gave in and he did so simply because of the persistence of the woman. Jesus said, God's not like that. That guy was unjust, but even, even a person like that through persistence was worn down. He says, how much more is God, the righteous judge, going to respond to us when we come to him in prayer? But we need to pray, he said, and not faint or lose heart because that's what can happen. Jesus also taught us in prayer that we are to ask, seek, and knock. And when you read that in the Gospels, what's not indicated there is that in the original language, there's a continuance of of these things that you would continue in them. So you could translate it keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. In other words, don't give up. We're not to give up on prayer. We're to keep on praying. We are to press through. We are to persevere. Are you praying today for maybe a loved one? Someone said to me after the last service, they said, you know, you really exhorted us to to keep praying for our children. Our children aren't walking with the Lord and we've kind of just given up. We can't give up. We have to keep praying. Maybe you are praying for a loved one, perhaps a wayward child or someone near and dear that sin and Satan have overtaken. What can you do about that? You know, there's certain things we just, we feel powerless to deal with, right? We can't talk to the person. They're not going to respond to anything that we say. And it looks like a, a hopeless situation. Is there anything I can do? Yes, we can keep praying. Charles Spurgeon, once again, to quote him, he said this, he said, those who are short of breath and soul winning will never be successful. You know what he's talking about, right? Short of breath of the person who, you know, takes off on a little sprint and runs out of breath real shortly isn't going to get too far. So soul winning, prayer, seeing things accomplished through prayer is not a a short sprint. It's, It's a long distance run. And Spurgeon goes on and he says this. He says, if they are not saved after 20 years of prayer, now we would think if somebody hasn't gotten saved after 20 years of prayer, they're never gonna get saved, right? Not necessarily. I have personally heard stories of people that have been prayed for for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And man, talk about perseverance. These saints have just kept praying And 
God has honored those prayers. Uh, there was a man named George Mueller who lived at the same time as Spurgeon did, actually, and he was in Bristol, England. Spurgeon was in London. And Mueller prayed for a group of people, and he prayed for them. Uh, I think there were four of them, and he prayed for a total of 60 years. And at one point, somebody asked him if he really thought the the person that he'd been praying for for maybe 30 years at this point, if he really thought that that person was ever going to come to faith in Christ. And he said, of course, he's going to come to faith in Christ. God wouldn't have kept me praying all these years if he wasn't intending to bring him to faith. And it's true. So back to Spurgeon. He said, if they are not saved after 20 years of prayer, follow them up to the gates of hell, to the very verge of the infernal pit, follow them with your prayers. If they will not hear you speak, they cannot prevent your praying. Do they jest at your exhortations? They cannot disturb you at your prayers. Are they far away so, they can, so that you cannot reach them? Your prayers can reach them. Have they declared that they will never listen to you again, nor see your face? Never mind. God has a voice that they must hear. Speak to him, and he will make them feel Though they now treat you despitefully, rendering evil for your good, follow them with your prayers. Never let them perish for lack of your supplication. Keep praying. Keep praying for those people. Keep praying for those loved ones. And you know, in some cases, you, you just, you need to quit doing everything but praying. You need to quit trying to talk them out of their sin. You need to quit pointing out their sin and so forth. They, they already know that. The Spirit of God is able to, to do that. There are times when you just have to back away from a situation and pray and let God do the work. They won't listen to you, but there will come a point where they will have to listen to God. So persevere in prayer. And then Paul says, and supplication for all the saints. Now, this word supplication, he uses it twice here. And this is where we have a little bit of a distinction. And supplication carries the idea of praying specifically for something. So with supplication, you're, it's a more specific versus a more general kind of a prayer. So uh, if you're making supplication for someone there's going to be uh, more specific things that you're praying for. So in one sense, it, it uh, implies that there's going to be a knowledge, maybe a deeper knowledge of the, of the circumstances. Sometimes that can come simply through the Spirit. As you're being directed by the Spirit, the Spirit will give us things to pray about we don't know anything about. I've had times when I've prayed for people things that I didn't really even know why I was praying that. But later you run into them and you talk to them and they tell you what was going on in their life and you realize, oh, that's why I was praying that. God gives you in, insight to make supplication. But then there's also those times where that information comes to us through we seek it out. So what's happening in your life? What's happening in your ministry? What's happening in your family? What are the specifics? How can I pray for that? So supplication, but Paul says supplication for all the saints. 
You know, occasionally we might feel, well, I don't know. There's not really that much to pray about. There's a whole world full of believers to pray for, making supplication for all the saints. All of God's people need prayer. And we can engage in praying for all of God's people. Now, you know, here's the amazing thing about prayer. Again, you don't have to go anywhere. You can have an impact all over the world without ever leaving your own home. That's so amazing. You can be involved in God's work in countries that you will never visit in your life, but you can be involved through praying for the work in those places. You can engage in a a great harvest in a, a certain part of the world by praying for those who are doing the work in those places. And you see, all of God's servants need prayer. All of God's people need prayer. Just think, there's, there's tens of thousands of churches in the United States alone. I don't know the number, but tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands probably. Um, but just think, if every church truly prayed for the body of Christ, if every church was praying for every other church and all of God's people and every Christian was praying for other Christians, I think that that would produce something spectacular among God's people. Well, that, that's what we're supposed to be doing. This is part of the battle. This is the way we are to fight the devil. We're to pray for each other. Because I am a pastor, because I know what it's like to be in the ministry, because I know what it's like to, to preach and to prepare and all of that. Every week, I try to, as, as we come into the weekend, I try to spend some time praying for pastors all around the world. Now, I know lots of pastors in different places in the world, and I, I will pray for them specifically, but the majority of pastors, I don't know them, but I know they're out there. And so I just try to get in my mind's eye just a picture of the globe, and then I just go from country to country, region to region. I can't remember all the countries, but I can pretty much look at all the continents and the regions and just, Lord, for those pastors in that place, you know, it's funny because I often do this on Saturday when I'm uh, taking a run, and I'm always conscious of the fact that the Australians and the New Zealanders and those guys who are my friends, they're actually starting their church services then because they're a day ahead of us. And so I, I start with them because they have the, the urgent need of, of the moment. But then I just, I just try to make my way around the world. And sometimes I, I spend more time in one place than another. And sometimes I concentrate more on one person than somebody else because God might put something on my heart. But, but sometimes it's just more of a general, Lord, I'm just praying for blessing. I'm praying you'd pour out your spirit. I'm praying your word will go forth and bless your people as they gather in some you know, places like African countries like Nigeria and some of these places where crazy things have been happening. Lord, protect your people as they gather to worship you against those that might come in and try to destroy or or whatever. So you see, these are ways that we are called to pray, but not just pastors or missionaries, but Sunday school workers, all of those engaged in ministry, but not just that, but just Christians in general, praying for people who are believers, praying for families, marriages, fathers, mothers, children, teenagers, 
praying out for those who are out in the workplace, in challenging circumstances and so forth. You know, oftentimes when we pray here together as a, as a staff, our pastoral staff, as we pray for you, as we pray for the congregation, we pray for you during the week. You're out there in the trenches. You're out there in places where it's hostile. You're out there working on a job and somebody just doesn't like you simply because you're a Christian. And they're harassing you and they're, they're working to undermine you. We're praying for you. We're asking God to, to bless you and be with you. Some are going through difficult times in the home. Some are battling with illness and things like that. We, we pray for those things. I often think of those in the, uh, the public education realm. We have many Christians who are out there teaching and administrating and, and serving in that kind of environment, it's a, it's a full-blown mission field. We pray for them as missionaries in their own communities. But see, these are the ways that we're to pray for one another. That's what Paul is talking about here, making supplication for all the saints. And again, this is, remember, this is the way to push back on the devil, this is the way. This is the primary way. These are the ways that God has given us. And if we put as much time into prayer as we put into some other things that are ineffective, I think we would see greater things. The great need, everybody's asking the question, well, what, you know, what do we need in the country today? Well, the great need is a spiritual awakening. We need a spiritual awakening. We need God to change people's hearts because the answer is not in any political party or in any political philosophy. There's no answer there. We need God to move. And that's going to happen. The likelihood of that happening increases as we pray. So making supplication for all the saints. In closing, I want to encourage you to make a commitment yourself to, to pray regularly. Now, statistics say that most Christians pray only when they're in trouble. I don't believe necessarily that that's true, but may that not be the case with us. Let's pray all the time. That's what Paul's exhorting us to do. If you're only praying when you're in trouble or if you're only praying for your particular problems or situation, if your whole life of prayer just revolves around yourself, then you're not having any real great impact against the kingdom of darkness. We've got to get out beyond ourselves. I'm not saying don't pray for yourself. We can pray for ourselves, and sometimes that's where we need to start. But we need to pray in this sense, praying for the things that Paul tells us here and the ways that he's shown us here. But again, I want to encourage you, set aside some regular time to pray for, for yourself. Try to just take a few minutes each day to just stop and pray for God's work in your life and through your life, for God's work around you, for God's work in the church. Pray for us here. Pray for the larger picture of the church. In 10 minutes, you can pray for a lot of things. But you just take that time. 
And as you just start with that little amount of time, and you, you will find that 10 minutes won't be enough. You'll need more. And you'll, you'll start giving more time. But we also need to be involved in praying together with others. So individually cultivating our own prayer life, but then also praying together with others. We have lots of prayer meetings at the church here. You could become part of that. You might just grab a few people and say, let's meet some morning or some evening for an hour and let's pray for something specific. Those are the kinds of, of um, specific efforts that are going to, to bear fruit in seeing the work of the devil driven back. Many years ago, when I was a fairly new Christian, I didn't really know much. I don't think I'd ever read a book on prayer. I'd never even heard a sermon on prayer at this point, I don't think. But I just had an idea with a couple of friends because two or three of us got saved and all the rest of our friends were not saved. We thought, why don't we get together and pray for these other friends of ours? Let's just pray that God will do for them what he's done for us. And in our ignorance and in our simplicity, we did that. We just got together. We started praying regularly. And do you know, in a matter of about four or five months, that, that number started out with three of us. That number went to about 50 people. And here we were in a little apartment in Huntington Beach. And pretty soon, you couldn't even find a place to sit in there. God had just brought all of our friends out of the party, drugs, surf, all of that stuff that we just spent our lives doing. He, he just began to draw a, a number of those uh, people out of there. And here we are all of these years later, and the amazing thing is that with few exceptions, most of the people that were there are still walking with the Lord today. I was just up, Cheryl and I were just up in Santa Barbara this week with some friends that go back to those days, and uh, the guy happens to pastor a church up in Santa Barbara County, and um, he was one of the other, uh, the three of us, he was one that was part of that group. And uh, his wife was one that we prayed into the kingdom. And, you know, so just looking at the fruit of what God's done over the years and seeing his faithfulness to answer prayer, I want to encourage you to pray. Pray for your friends. Pray for your family. Pray for the circumstances around you. Pray for the chaos in the world, pray for the church, pray for the saints, make supplication because remember this, prayer is the most important thing. It's more important than all of the organizing we could ever do. It's more powerful than even uh, all of the armies that might assemble. It's more influential than all of the money in the world. And it's mightier than all of human wisdom put together collectively. Prayer is the thing that makes God's people invincible. Prayer is the great need of the hour. Prayer completes the armor of God. So in this battle against the principalities and powers that we are in, like it or not, we're in the thick of it. Prayer is the way forward.
January, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled Out of the Black Shadows by Stephen Lungu with Ann Coombs. Abandonment and abuse are all too common in our culture today, pushing our youth towards drugs, alcohol, and gangs in order to ease their pain and find acceptance. But abandonment and abuse are a global problem. The late Stephen Lungu, one of Africa's greatest modern-day evangelists, experienced abandonment and abuse as a youth himself while growing up in Africa. The book Out of the Black Shadows by Stephen Lungu with Ann Coombs is his testimony of how God changed his embittered heart and ultimately prepared him to become a great evangelist in Africa, reaching tens of thousands with the gospel. If you want to be inspired by the testimony of a life radically changed by Christ, we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. To order Out of the Black Shadows by Stephen Lungu with Ann Coombs. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue next time with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Ephesians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.